Hello and welcome to The Pactum. I'm Mike Grimes here today with Pat Abendroth, and we're ready for episode number 60. Episode number 60 here on The Pactum. It's from our series, Help from the Heretics, or maybe Harry and the Heretics. And today we're going to be talking about Judaizers. Pat, how's it going over there on the other side of the table? It's going all right. I'm thankful we're going to talk about Judaizers because I'm not thankful for Judaizers. Well, I kind of am because it helps us to learn the gospel better. Yeah. But Judaizers, uh, they've plagued the church. They've haunted the church since there's been a church. And uh, they still plague the church today. They, I think they walk the hallways of evangelical and reformed seminaries and churches sometimes. Hmm. So please keep listening to learn about Judaizers because we don't want you to be a Judaizer and we don't need to be throwing any shade to Judaizing-ish kinds of tendencies. Judaizing-ish. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's bad, bad, bad. So yeah. anything in the news that we need to know as far as the Pactum world, the news of all things that is Pactum, I don't, Mike? I don't know any new Pactum news or Pactum world news or okay. verse news. I don't know what's anything new in your world. Uh, someone did refer to the Pactum. They, they promoted the Pactum this past week on their show, and they called me Mike Abendroth. Hey, so there's a compliment, it, it's right? Not, it's not the first time it's happened in my life. My Probably mom called last. me Mike. She called me the dog's name. She called me a lot of things. <laughs> and so Mike Abendroth is my older, wiser brother. He's the host of No Compromise Radio. <laughs> but you can call me Mike if you want to. Um, but Mike lives in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. If you say it with your teeth together, I saw some kind of, uh, I don't know if it was a horror show or a whodunit, but the bad guy would say Massachusetts with his teeth, with his teeth together. So Mike lives in Massachusetts, Pat lives in Omaha, but Mike Grimes yeah, lives in Omaha. I do. Yep. And uh, he is a host on the Pactum. Yeah. So feel free to call me whatever you want to call me. Uh, okay. What's really confusing is when Mike Abendroth is on the Pactum or when Pat Abendroth is on No Compromise. There you go. So, But yeah. it is a different show. But thank you for recommending us. Uh, this past week, I did come across, since we're doing this stuff on heretics and heresy, uh, we can put it in the show notes, but there's a good article by by Michael Horton that has to do with heresy and heretics. I think yeah. we should Yeah, we'll put that in the that. show notes. All about heresy by Michael Horton. Yep, that'll be a good little primer or primer if you prefer, because we're talking about heretics because we like heretics in the sense that they can help us be... Uh, more committed to what's true and what's right. Remember, heresy is not just anything we disagree with, right? Yep. Even though we kind of like the flex, yes. Um, but it's probably it probably has to do with salvation or something really big uh, that we want to avoid. So today we have eight questions about the Judaizers. Yes. Some we'll spend more time on than others. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us on this journey <laughs> that we have. <laughs> Help from the heretics yes. is what we're doing. Here. Yeah. So eight questions about the Judaizers today on the Pactum. Let's start. Number one, what makes the Judaizers so important? Why would our Pactum listeners want to know about the Judaizers? Because they're still around. I already answered the question. You did. I know. I, well, the question's here. I've got to ask it. They, they are still around. So maybe not properly. It's a first century kind of thing. Yeah. But we still have people with Judaizing kinds of tendencies, and we'll talk about them today. And uh, also, if you're reading commentaries like on Galatians or different books of the Bible, Galatians in particular, or Acts chapter 15, which yep. we'll refer to. They talk about the oh Philippians, mm -hmm. yep. the Judaizers. Yep. Yes. And so Paul's opponents are sometimes referred to as Judaizers. And uh, you'll say, oh, I know what the Judaizers are. Yes. I know who they were because 
I listened to the Pactum episode 60, and I am in the know. In the know here on the Pactum. Mm-hmm. So, Judaizers, it's still important because, well, they're still alive and well. You might run across them if you're reading through commentaries, maybe even a study Bible that you're utilizing. You'll see things about Judaizers. So what is... A Judaizer. What is Judaizing? Is that a word? Judaizing? What is Judaizing? (laughs) It is on the Pactum, and we (laughs) like... uh, What do they call it when you create something and you own the rights to it? Trade is it trademark? Tra- we, we're going to trademark Trade it. Copyright. Yep. Trade, yeah. well, but what we don't want to do is make Judaizing great again. No, we don't. Right? We no. don't want to do that for sure. <laughs> I think so. Broadly speaking, when we're talking about what is Judaizing or who are the Judaizers, uh, it has to do with Jewish culture. One resource says it's trying to mandate Jewish culture for all believers. So right. that that's yeah. real broad. Yeah. But if you're mandating Jewish culture, Mosaic law for all cultures, all time, uh, even for Gentiles, uh, that that's broadly speaking, it's a Judaizing kind of look. Right. Um, in Galatians chapter two, verse 14, it talks about forcing the Gentiles to live like the Jews. Mm-hmm. So maybe that helps us get a little bit more traction when we're speaking more broadly. So we can speak of Judaizing in very generic, general terms, just trying to impose Jewish culture on believers, but that's usually not what we mean. Right. So when we're talking about the Judaizers, we're talking about something more specific, more dangerous, more threatening, and it has to do with mandating the Mosaic law for, well, in its most high-handed form, mandated for justification. Yeah, right. So to be accepted by God, you have to first be a Jew before you can become a Christian. Right, yeah. To get it to take, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Now, we can go for a little bit lesser view uh, and less high-handed. Maybe it's not for justification, but maybe it's for God's best. Sure. Um, I think it's a Judaizing-ish kind of thing to say, well, you should follow the Mosaic food laws, Mm. uh, because since God mandated it it at one point in time and was happy, it's probably best for you, even if you're not a Jew, uh, even though we're in the New Covenant, not the Old. I think that's a Judaizing kind of tendency. Sure, yeah. So in the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology, it says, it had the potential to distort salvation by grace alone. Uh, divide the body, divide the body of Christ. So maybe that's a little lesser, but it's still a big deal. And be an argument for developing two separate assemblies, one for Jews and one for Gentiles. Hmm. So uh, obviously it could be on the, on the damning level of it corrupts the gospel. Right. And that's probably first and foremost what we think of. But maybe it could be on a, a lesser level and you're drifting toward, uh-oh, don't start dividing the body of Christ, uh, re-putting up that partition that God tore down and having two different bodies. We don't want to go there. It's a problem. Judaizing, adding Mosaic law requirements, ceremonial kinds of things. You must be Jewish in order to be a Christian. Right. Uh, that, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about Judaizers and the Judaizing tendencies. Yep. And you, you kind of just mentioned this here, saying uh, when you're talking about has a potential to distort salvation by grace alone. Uh, but how serious is Judaizing? Is this something we have to say, you know, that was a thing for a time there in the first century, uh, and it must have just been some little things about food laws, not a big deal, but it's a serious matter, right? Pretty serious when you read Galatians, right? <laughs> right, yeah. You go, whoa, yeah. I can't believe the Apostle Paul says what he says right. about those. Again, you won't find the, the label Judaizer right, in yeah. the English, English word search, but he's really serious about this thing we call Judaizing yeah, or how the about Judaizers. In Galatians 5.12, it says, I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. So those who were saying you, you must be circumcised in order to be acceptable by God, in order to be justified, the Apostle Paul, 
he, he takes the gloves off. Yes, and, uh, he does. If you want to require that to be acceptable before God, why don't you just go ahead and uh, go further than circumcision? Right. Uh, he says, emasculate themselves. So that is real. That's, that's serious. It's very serious. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, at the beginning of Galatians, in Galatians chapter 1, he says in verse 6, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So that tells us it's really serious because it's a different gospel. It's not the same gospel with a different emphasis, different gospel right, when different. you add. And then he says, not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you, the Judaizers, and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed or anathema, damned, condemned, without opportunity for repentance. Verse 9 says the same thing in essence. As we have said before, now so we say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed, anathema, damned, condemned. That's serious. <laughs> <laughs> so the Judaizing tendency or the Judaizing heresy is a heresy because it has to do with eternality. It has to do with eternal life. Right. And so we really want to take this seriously. And if it still exists today in some shape or form, even if it's not exactly the same. Sure. Yep. Sit up, folks. Sit up and take notice. Uh, it's it's a problem, and it's not just a different denomination issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not just uh, Christians are divided over this. We're talking about in and out of the kingdom. Right. So, oh boy, ser- serious beeswax. It is serious. Ser- serious business is what's <laughs> going on here. Very much so. Yep. Uh, so, what is the the appeal of the Judaizers? What is, what are they going to say as far as hey, this is a good thing? Well, I uh, well, we we they have Bible verses. There's a lot of Bible yeah, verses that say, say you need to do things. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of Bible verses in the Old Testament that talk about requirements of ceremonial law, for example. Sure. And so, if you just want to read the Bible and say, "Oh, look here, here God requires this; He required it then," uh, so that definitely is an appeal. Right. Another appeal would be we we like people to obey laws. Yes, especially yeah. when we're living it's in good, a good cult, to behave. Cult, be good, yeah. yeah culture when we're living in a culture and world where there's so much misbehaving right misbehaving (laughs) (laughs) so maybe we want to overcorrect and say well people need law and antinomianism is bad and so let's find some law and before you know it we're we're saying faith plus obedience leads to justification kinds of things yeah yeah so it's an overcorrect, but that that's definitely an appeal when we see all the lawlessness in our world and we see lots of it. Mm-hmm. I think another appeal, Mike, is the fact that we don't realize uh, that Paul's dealing with people, the Judaizers, he's dealing with people who are not just raw salvation is by all works. Mm, yeah. um, Paul is not dealing with that. There are people who would have believed in Jesus. They would have talked about grace. They would have talked about faith. Yep, yep. They're not stupid. Yeah. Um, they're not atheists. He's talking to people who would say things like faith and grace and God and Jesus and resurrection. And yet you have to add, you have to add works to your faith. You have to add works to your faith in order to be accepted by God. Right. And that's what's going on there. So the appeal is we're kind of ignorant about what Judaizing is or who the Judaizers were. Right. We're ignorant about those things. And when we hear, oh, grace, oh, they must be on our same team. Right, yeah. No, that's not the case. It's not the case at all. And I think it's probably time for us to uh, 
grab our phones and call on speed dial Dr. J. Gresham Machen. Oh, absolutely. It's time. I'll never be able to forget what Machen talks about in his Christianity and liberalism when he talks about the Judaizers and he talks about the Apostle Paul and how they, they're they're pretty close, it seems, mm-hmm. and yet they are an eternity away. Right. Yeah. So you want to give us some Christianity yeah. and liberalism? Here's some Machen for you. But what was the difference between the teaching of Paul and the teaching of the Judaizers? Oh, inquiring minds Want yes, to know. what is the difference here? Machen says, what was it that gave rise to the stupendous polemic of the Epistle of the Galatians? To the modern church, the difference would have seemed to be a mere theological subtlety. About many things, the Judaizers were in perfect agreement with Paul, okay. so like you're uh, saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's really good to remember. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that there's going to be an agreement. Machen goes on to say, the Judaizers believed that Jesus was the Messiah. There is not a shadow of evidence that they objected to Paul's lofty view of the person of Christ. Without the slightest doubt, they believed that Jesus had really risen from the dead. They believed, moreover, that faith in Christ was necessary to salvation. So here's things that Machen's highlighting, that these are things that the Judaizers and Paul would have absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, agreed upon. Yep. But then Machen goes on to say, but the trouble was, so here's the kicker, they believed that something else was also necessary. They believed that what Christ had done needed to be pieced out by the believer's own effort to keep the law. From the modern point of view, the difference would have seemed to be very slight. So it's it's sort of it, it's the sola thing. If I'm reading this like a Protestant, it's yes. the it's the faith alone yes. uh, thing that they're denying. So the Judaizers are saying, "Oh Jesus," but it's Jesus and your obedience to God's law. Then God will accept you. Right. So I think Machen is right, and so it's a matter of not grace, faith, Christ, resurrection. We think those are all important. Absolutely. But yeah. you could be a Judaizer and affirm those things because you're saying, oh, but then you must yes. also do something. There's in more to be done. Yeah. yeah. So the appeal is there, I think, in this sense that we, we don't understand um, that it is the alone issue. It's the sufficiency of right. the work Sufficient, of Christ. Yeah, yeah that was just going to say yep. that. And, and oftentimes people don't realize that and they hear lots of good things and they think, oh, they, they wanted to obey God's word and they, they talked about grace too. So therefore they're with us. Uh, if, if the good Dr. Machen is correct, uh, that's actually not enough because we're talking about a different Christ if he's not the sufficient Christ. Yes. Yeah. At this point in time, we've been talking a lot about Judaizing and Judaizers, but we haven't talked a lot about the Bible other than Galatians yep, and yep. Uh, Machen, but Machen's not part of the Bible. No. But he is elaborating on Galatians. Let's right. do our next question. Where else does the Bible address the Judaizers? Yeah, we mentioned earlier in the episode that uh, Judaizers are mentioned or addressed in Philippians, uh, Philippians 3, verses 2 through 3. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. And he says, for we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. What a great definition for a biblical Christian or true legitimate Christianity. No, Christians are people who put no confidence in the flesh. Yes, It is not about faith and our works, even biblically mandated works for mosaic economy right, yeah. um, for justification. It's, yeah. it's not that way. And, and it wasn't that way uh, in the Old Covenant either. Yeah. We should keep that in mind. Right. So Judy, the Judaizing heresy, it's not being a faithful Jew. It's actually corrupting the old and the new. Sure, uh, yeah, it's a deviation yeah. either way. Yeah. But wow, no confidence in the flesh. Yes. That's a good thing for us to think about uh, as 
the Pactum verse, when people are emphasizing something that we must do so that we can put confidence in it, um, we know it's a deviation because we're putting confidence in something that we do, even a religious mandated thing. Our confidence needs to be in Christ and in Christ alone. Right. Yep. By so, works of the law, no man will be justified. This is different from those Paul addresses in Philippians who preach Christ with ill motive. Mm. Those are not the Judaizers. They actually are preaching Christ. They just have bad motives. Yeah. And Paul's like, whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So long as uh, no, Christ is preached. Yeah, yeah. No skin off my nose. <laughs> just let just let it go. But these these are corruptors uh, and. The Bible talks about it in Philippians chapter 3. So also Acts chapter 15 is kind of a classic one where we go to the Jerusalem Council. Uh, and at the Jerusalem Council, it's a debate about whether or not, uh, in essence, 30,000 30, foot view, whether or not you need to be Jewish in order to be Christian. Whether yeah. or not the Gentile believers in Jesus as Messiah need to be put under the Mosaic law. Yeah. So Acts 15.5, for example, says, But some believers who belong to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. And uh, the conclusion is that's not the case. Right. So that's a Judaizing kind of text. Other ones would include, it's a little bit more debated. I, uh, as an aside, I read one guy who said, kind of a popular author these days, who said Paul never dealt with the Judaizers. Hmm. And uh, I think he would be in the minority view yeah. of these things. True, you can't find it in an English word study, right. uh, yeah. English Bible word study. But generally speaking, New Testament scholars have talked about the Judaizing heresy. And I think we're going to go ahead and side with those people. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. But maybe a little bit more debatable would be like in Second Corinthians, is he dealing with the Judaizers? Well, at least in certain places, I would say um, when you're talking about the, the role of the Mosaic Law and the Old Covenant, uh, it's at least a Judaizing-ish kind of tendency yeah. that needs to be corrected, whether or not it's, whether or not it's formally that party or not. I don't think it really matters. So, if you'd prefer not to call the false teachers in Second Corinthians Judaizers, that's fine. Yeah. Um, write a poem about it. Um, don't, <laughs> you can believe whatever you want to believe, as long as you don't believe they were right. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely some sort of kind of Judaizing-ish kind of false teaching going on, at least in part of the letter or in part of what Paul's addressing in Second Corinthians. Whether it's exactly the same group or not, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and call them Judaizers yeah. or yeah. something like that when he's dealing with uh, errors regarding the Mosaic law regarding the old covenant um, and failing to see the beauty and wonder and fulfillment of the new covenant. Yes. Well, before we get moving on to our last three questions about Judaizers, Pat, I want to ask you, is that the secret drink that we, you, we, I, is that not, the secret over there? It's called get fit soda. We, we've not talked about drinks for a while, probably what is, since what the is last get episode. Fit, that's what I'm missing. Get fit soda. That's why. I, can't. I am a sucker. Can we say that on the Pactum? I am a sucker for drinks. I, I love different kinds of drinks and I, uh, I'm always looking for something that's not. Is that not, a popsicle on there? It is. <laughs> And and by drinks, I mean things that are not high in calories, but they have got great flavor, maybe a little caffeine, maybe not. And so I just am always combing the the aisles at yeah. my local grocer, as we like to say. <laughs> so this is a new one I found. This is was in like the supplement section where you buy oh. protein mix and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. You don't you don't I don't know that. where that's at though. I know I know you don't, but I'm gonna show you sometime. <laughs> 
So this is called Fit Soda. It came in a four pack and it was like five hundred dollars. No, Probably. it was like seven dollars, I think. So let's see: benefits with bubbles, aminos for recovery, electrolytes for hydration, no artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. Preservatives, sugar-free, and vegetarian. Well, checks everything on my box. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, it's out of Denver, Colorado. So it must be good, dude. Yeah, fit uh, soda. That's yep. hilarious. Does okay. it actually taste good? It kind of does, and I really, really like orange cream. Mm. So, well, thanks for keeping it real here. Hey, on you the know, Pack I just saw that and thought that does get fit soda. I've got to find out because whatever I'm doing ain't working. All right, well, let's get back to our list. Eight questions. We're talking about Judaizers here, episode 60 on the Pactum from our Harry and the Heretics or Help from the Heretics <laughs> series we're doing. Uh, we're on number six, and number six is where can we see examples of Judaizing after the first century? So we've been talking about it as far as it uh, has been in Scripture and where we're seeing Paul battle this in the first century. We know this is a deal then uh, with the Jewish culture and Jewish customs going on and them kind of pushing back and forth there. And uh, it, Where do we see this after the first century? Well, we definitely see it in what I'm going to call the fringy messianic movements. The fringy messianic movements. So we still have, the, we have them today and people get into messianic kinds of things and they think they can be better Christians as long as they do certain Jewish kinds of things. And uh, I always kind of balk at it and think, well, I don't think so. It kind of sounds a little bit like the Judaizers to me. Mm. Thankfully, it might not be full-blown denial of justification sure. by grace alone through faith alone. But we see some flirting with it when we think we have to go back to the, you know, the good old days and right. be under yeah. the, uh, the Mosaic Law, which we don't seem to need to do. We see it in more cultic groups, which are even more deviant, like in Seventh-day Adventism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but also, I think in principle, and here's where we take the gloves off a little bit. We we see an example of a Judaizing tendency, uh, in principle, I would say, in Roman Catholicism. Hmm. Not that there aren't many Roman Catholics who might believe the gospel, and we're thankful for them, yeah. um, the true gospel. But officially, Roman Catholicism teaches that justification is by faith in Christ plus something that you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, And that would be very Judaizing-ish. Even if they're not saying, and it must be the ceremonial Mosaic law, they're not saying that. They are going to say it's some kind of law, some, something that you must do. And that's, I think that falls under the condemnation of Galatians 1. Yes, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we need to know that. So it is alive and well. Uh, in, in that sense. So I was doing a little research on this. I hope we were doing more than a little research. <laughs> uh, but I found it interesting that Turretin drew that connection and uh, kind of a weighty quotation here from per, from Puritan. <laughs> Is that a shampoo that mixes cream, rin <laughs> cream rinse and shampoo at the same time? I think that was called Pert. Pert, yes, Pert, Pert Plus or something like that. <laughs> That's right, from maybe the 80s. Puritan shampoo yeah. here on the pack. Puritan, Pert, Pert Plus. <laughs> oh, it makes your coat so shiny. <laughs> okay, so Turton says, Puritan, does yeah. faith alone justify? And here's his answer, and notice how he connects it to, to the Judaizers, and he connects it also to Roman Catholicism. He says, this question is not of recent birth. The question, does faith alone justify? Even from the very beginning of the Christian religion, this was asserted by the false apostles or Judaizing Christians. They did not with full front attack the faith as the Pharisees, but on the side by a deadly mixture associating the law with the gospel, Moses with Christ and faith with works in the matter of justification, so that man should be justified not by faith alone, but at the same time by works also." 
Against them the apostle disputes in his epistles to the Galatians, Philippians, and Colossians. And here's kind of the the gauntlet. Mm -hmm. He says, this is urged by the Romanists of this day, who hold that with faith, fear, hope, love, penitence, the purpose of a new life concurs to justification. And then he goes on to quote Council of Trent. If anyone shall say that the wicked are justified by faith alone, so as to understand that nothing else is required to cooperate for the obtainment of the grace of justification and is necessary from no part that he should be prepared and disposed by a motion of his own will, let him be accursed. Hmm. Let him be damned. Let him be anathematized is Council of Trent, Session 6, Canon 9. So... We would be in agreement with Turretin. Right, yeah. We would say, you know what? We we think that uh, Judaizing her- heresy error is alive and well today when we read things like that from the Council of Trent. Yeah. And maybe to quote someone who's a contemporary, and so people don't have to take our word for it, John Fesco says in his book on Adam and the Covenant of Orcs, this was the error of the Judaizers who tried to augment faith in Christ with circumcision. The same fault hobbles Roman Catholic views, which construe justification as a combination of grace and works, the culmination of a lifelong process. Judaizing-ish heresy. Judaizing-ish yep, heresy. It is a problem. So that really is a wake-up call for us, I think, today, because I have people I know who are Roman Catholic and who I love, mm-hmm. and I want them to know that their church is promoting a form of a Judaizing heresy. Right. And uh, that's no small thing at all. Uh, we also see it in other areas. So it's not just with Messianic groups, fringe groups like that, or occultic groups like Seventh-day Adventists or Roman Catholicism. We also see it in uh, beyond the first century. We see it in what we like to call or what's been labeled neonomianism. Yes, yeah. That's kind of, that. that's a drift toward Judaizing, I think. Right, yeah, I, yeah. What is neonomianism, Mike? Neonomianism, you have namas, which is law. Okay, good. And then neo is the matrix, I mean, not matrix, <laughs> is new, so new law. Yeah, New yeah. Law. yeah. So when anytime somebody is wanting to say you've got to do faith and works, which neonomians do, right. think Richard Baxter. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're we're drifting into the darkness that Busting would be uh, right, kind of a uh, Judaizing kind of thing. Right. And I think sometimes preachers uh, do this same. They they drift into this lane, the bad lane you yeah. want to stay out of. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when preaching is confusing, it's confusing about law and gospel, and it becomes very moralistic, scolding kinds of preaching. Right. And you're not clear that justification is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. It's looking kind of Judaizing ish. Yes. We yeah. like to say. Yeah. Keeping the ball rolling, we come to our next question, and that is, what are some examples of dabbling in or drifting into Judaizing? Right. I think we've already started going yeah, down that road. Yeah, you started going that route with moralism there in preaching, yep. uh, but also a failure to distinguish between law and gospel, which that's going to lead to this moralizing and doing all these things. It's it, a big deal. It really is. So go back and listen to the episode on law, law and gospel. gospel. I don't know what episode that was. It was Two, one I of believe. The, oh, there you, that might be one of the most listened to episodes ever. I think it may be right up at the very top. I haven't checked for a while. Okay. All right. So next one would be, well, we're also going to dabble in this one. We don't have a distinction between the covenant of works and the covenant of grace, which is directly related to distinction between law and gospel. We also see it when people fail to see the new covenant um, as something that 
is significant <laughs> and uh, something that comes along and doesn't coexist with the old covenant. Um, in fact, it's distinct. It's different. Um, there's fulfillment in Christ. We also see it when people fail to distinguish between the types and the shadows uh, and the antitypes yeah. and the fulfillments. Right. So if we don't understand that Christ is the substance, yes. if we don't understand that we have an antitype in Christ who fulfills the type uh, and we go back to the shadows, we are definitely going to be confused. And uh, I've just been talking to somebody here recently who's confused about these issues because they say, well, I believe the whole Bible is true. Right. And we all do, yes. or at least yes. we should. But you have to understand that history is going somewhere and the old covenant is called the old covenant for a reason um, right. and because there's fulfillment in the new covenant. We're not going backward to types and shadows when the substance belongs to Christ. Yeah. So those are, those are things you have to be aware of. And when people don't have categories for these kinds of things uh, that their pastors should be giving them and helping them with, it leads to a big old ball of confusion. Right. That's what the world is today. Oh, hey, boy. hey. <laughs> You're going to have to enlighten me. Who is uh, that? Love and Rockets cover a song from the 60s, but Ball of Confusion is one of my favorite non-theological theological songs. Right. And we have other Pactum listeners who are part of the Pactum verse who also like them some Love and Rockets. Love and Rockets. Shout out to the 80s groups. <laughs> I can yeah. If you don't have Sounds categories, you're going to have a ball of, confusion. ball of confusion. So we don't want to do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe maybe a good quotation here regarding the same thing also from Pactum friend John Fesco. You yes. want to read it, Mike? The chief error, therefore, of the Judaizers was that they believed Sinai was terminal, the telos of God's redemptive plan. They failed to see that it was a temporary stop before the final destination of Christ and the new covenant. So the substance, again, belongs to Christ. Yeah. It's going it, somewhere. The end game, the telos, is not old covenant. It's right. new covenant. We've got to help Christians understand that Christianity is about the new covenant. It's not about the old covenant. There's a difference. Types, shadows. Right. In yep. anticipation of the substance. Yes. Last question. Last one. So we've been talking about Judaizers while we aren't in the first century, battling Judaizers alongside of Paul. We've talked about how this is still a thing with Judaizer-ish heresy or dabblings. Drift. Dabblings, driftings going on. What are some good defenses uh, we can have as Christians when we encounter these types of Judaizer-ish things going on. <laughs> the best defense would be the pactum. So we we, we are here for you. We're here to help you to uh, get help from heretics. And that's what we're doing. So be aware. Right. Be aware yeah. of this historical heresy and know what it is, know what it isn't. Uh, so you can start by just being aware that this is a problem. Paul says, okay. go ahead and emasculate yourself if you think you can do it that way. Ouch. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's right. important to know the issues at hand. I mean, because there's nothing new under the sun, these things just kind of resurface over time. But if you're aware of it, you're going to be able to see something and say, huh, that's that's very Judaizer-ish. I've seen you before. I've met you before. You just had a different name. Right. Yep. And the other side of it would be to know the gospel. Know what the yeah. gospel actually is. Understand why we say things like justification is by grace alone, through faith alone, in the finished work of Christ alone. Yeah. Why? What's that all about? Be able to go deep in what the gospel is and what the doctrine of justification is, for example, and it will help you to understand then the counterfeits when you see them or hear them. 
Right. I think the book of Hebrews is another great help yeah. when you need to understand these things. Uh, we have the old becoming obsolete in Hebrews chapter 8 mm-hmm. um, because we have the new. We have the fulfillment. We don't need uh, the old because we have the new in fulfillment because of Christ. In addition, Mike, another really important defense, and if I could stand up on top of my Pactum chair that I'm sitting in, if it would get people's attention, but since this is audio only, I won't. (laughs) But it really is critical that we understand that this heresy is not a matter of people who promote just raw legalism Mm. in the sense that it's all what you do. Right. Um, what we would call, and we'll talk about on an, another episode, they're they're not just naked Pelagians. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, they're they're not Pelagians saying people are inherently good and they can save themselves. Right. Yeah. No, no the the Judaizers we would label semi-Pelagian, mm-hmm. meaning well, people are sinful and they need God's grace, but they also have to do part of it on their own. Right. Yeah. And I think this is actually really critical because sometimes people end up reading the the book of Galatians, for example, and they think, oh, the opponents are just just rank Pelagians. They're not. They would have affirmed grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have affirmed faith. They would have affirmed Christ and the need for Christ. But also you must do your part. Right. Well, anytime I hear someone say, well, you must do your part to be finally justified, initially justified by, by grace through faith in Christ, and now you have to do your part, I'm thinking, yeah, that's the Galatian heresy. Uh, that's called Judaizing. Right. Uh, that, that's a problem. And so we have to, I, I would, I plead with people to figure out the fact that the error is not, it's not atheism, but it's also not just rank Pelagianism. It's semi-Pelagianism. And if you're thinking we're speaking in tongues right now, we're not. <laughs> right. And we will do an episode coming soon, maybe even our next episode, uh, or sometime soon when we will talk about the heresy that is Pelagianism. And I think R.C. Sproul said, and we'll talk about his cousin Semi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it was funnier when R.C. said it. Probably. Uh, We would also say another good defense against Judaizing, uh, against being a Judaizer, would be classic covenant theology. And that's because... Law gospel distinction. Yep, yep. Um, one way to not be um, protected and defend it against it would be to collapse covenant of works, covenant of grace, right? Uh, or to not even know what we're talking about. Yes. Okay, and maybe finally we can say we we need to be aware of, of historical theology. So if if you can be aware of historical theology to understand the debates, to understand that this stuff has been talked about. Ad finitum ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Ad finitum ad nauseum. <laughs> I can't even say so it. So <laughs> people have been talking about this stuff for a long, long time. time. So yeah. we we might want to cue ourselves in to learn how the Holy Spirit led the church in the past and to understand that people have talked about the Judaizing heresy long before us. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we could understand it from the vantage point of historical theology and how this has been fought about and debated about in the past, then we would be able to spot it today a little bit easier. Right. Turton says, whether believers are still in subjection to the ceremonial law. So he's weighing in. He's a good example of someone who's talking about historical theology, things that have been fought, fought about and debated about. He says, whether believers are still in subjection to the ceremonial law, this was the opinion not only of the Jews of old, and is of those in our time, but also of the Judaizing false apostles in the time of the apostles. Mm. 
They urged the observance of ceremonies as necessary, rashly confounding the law with the gospel, Moses with Christ. However, we, this is fascinating, we with the apostles and the whole church deny it. Mm. So this is, um, these are, this is, uh, dust settled kinds of stuff that we're talking about here. And we should probably keep that in mind. Right. Mike, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling kind of down. I, I, you know, I don't like, rain. I don't like, it is raining today <laughs> when we're recording. I don't like the Judaizers. I don't like the, uh, the negative effect they have on Christians and how they lead to Christians being confused or even people who aren't Christians being confused. So I think we need to somehow reach out for some help. I think maybe, we, could you phone a friend? Well, I could phone a friend. Who do you want to call? <laughs> maybe you could phone the Apostle Paul and we can be reminded of the fact that when we trust in Jesus, who is our person. Perfect righteousness. We therefore now have no condemnation. Hmm. So let's remember that that the Judaizers are wrong. It's not about get in by grace, stay in by works. Right, yeah. uh, it is Jesus who is a perfect Savior who saves to the uttermost. And uh, read read Romans chapter eight if you need to be encouraged. We we are not condemned. We will never be condemned. We don't have to cower and fear uh, the final day yeah. because if we're in Christ, there is no condemnation, and we know that now, and it will always be that way. Uh, Judaizing is bad. It's dangerous. It's to be confronted and opposed. But the gospel is good news, and yes, it's good yeah. news to us that God freely justifies us in his son, the beloved. That's a good way for us that to end today. That is fantastic. Yep, and maybe the Judaizers even help us to see how much we need the true Christ, mm. the whole Christ, because we have perfect rest in him, which motivates us to want to do the right thing and to obey the law out of gratitude for the right reason. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on The Pactum today. You can find us online, as always, on Twitter at The Pactum, on Instagram at The Pactum Theology. You can email us, connect at thepactum.org. We'll see you here next time on The Pactum. <laughs>